Good morning. Good morning, Jack. How are you? You're ready, huh? All right. Well, good morning, everybody. All right. If you if you want to grab your your chairs, Dave's got something to share before we get started this morning. Rachel, we all see you eating that donut back there. <laughs> She's pregnant. She's allowed. Okay. <laughs> I'll be apologizing later. <laughs> it's a weekly thing for me. Go ahead. Dave's got something to share with us. Okay, if I can have your attention. Um, I'd like to do an exercise here. Um, if I could have you all close your eyes. And this is addressing those people who call themselves Christians or followers of Christ. Why don't you think about the time that, that you recognized that you needed Jesus and you asked him into your heart. And at that point, you, be, you got your, your sins were forgiven. Think about that. Remember that moment. It's been 35 years for me, but I remember that moment like it was yesterday. I want you to think about what happened in that moment. Now I want you to think about this next eight days. This next eight days you'll be encountering people that have never had that experience before. That have never had their sins forgiven. Maybe at work, maybe at home, maybe your neighbor. Maybe the people are walking into this church. But remember that God is wooing them more now than, than, than what usually goes on. People decide they want to go to church because instinctively they know on, sun, on Easter Sunday they should be at church. And as you get the opportunity, spend time listening to what God has to say and take the opportunity to share with them the love of Christ whether in word or whether in deed, whether in a smile, a handshake, you may be the tool. God calls us ambassadors for him as always God's making his appeal through us. So in eight days, each will be happening and we'll be celebrating what Jesus Christ did for us. This gives us an opportunity to be able to share that love, to give them the opportunity. So Lord, as we go about our, our, our daily business of, of living our lives, as you bring people in our lives, Lord, just prick our hearts. Stir us into, into being Jesus to those people. To set aside the thoughts of being rejected or the thoughts of they don't need it. Um, doesn't matter, Lord. It's all about you and not about us. So give us that opportunity. And as we celebrate Easter, may there be more and more and more people coming to a saving relationship with you. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. amen. So if you have your Bible, turn to Matthew chapter 21, either on, on, a, on your device or on your, in your, if you have a paper Bible, actual like old school style Bible. And we're going to read chapter 21, verses 1 through 11. And I'll just read if you'll just follow along with me. It says, As Jesus and his disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to a town of Bethpage 
I say that word. That's not how it's pronounced, but that's how I read it. On the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them on ahead. And this is what Jesus said. He said, go into the village over there. As soon as you enter it, you will see a donkey tied there with its colt besides it. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone asks you what you are doing, just say, the Lord needs them. And he will immediately let you take them. This took place to fulfill the prophecy that said, tell the people of Jerusalem, look, your king is coming to you. He is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. The two disciples did as Jesus commanded, and they brought the donkey and the colt to him and threw their garments over the colt, and he sat on it. Most of the crowd spread, spread their garments on the road ahead of him, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Jesus was in the center of the procession, and the people all around him were shouting, Praise God for the Son of David. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise God in highest heavens. The entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar as he entered. Who is this, they asked. And the crowd replied, it's Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. When we read this, a couple things that we're not going to really go into detail about, but if you read in other gospels, the owner of the donkey did ask, what are you doing with my donkeys? And they said, the Lord needs them. And the guy was just like, oh, okay. Go ahead and take them. And I just thought, well, that's interesting that no, no debate, no argument, just how God worked that out. I think about that he rode in on the colt, and, and, and some, some, some will say that that was an unbroken donkey. I, I kind of picture, did Jesus kind of have to, like, do that, whoa, steady, boy, steady, as he got on and he did the bronco bronco, or was the donkey just calm? Well, you know, what, what was the picture there? What was happening? But what we're seeing here is what we call the, the triumphant entry. It's, it's Palm Sunday. And, and the event kicks off a week-long journey for Jesus that defines the reason that God put on flesh and came and lived amongst his people. It's, it's, the, it's the, the last week of Jesus' mission here on earth. Jesus' mission was, was prophesied, and he was fulfilling this prophecy Hundreds of years that, that came hundreds of years before his birth. And, and we read this in, in Zechariah 9, 9. It says, Rejoice, O people of Zion. Shout in triumph, O people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming. He is righteous and victorious, yet he is humble, riding on a donkey. Riding on a donkey's colt. And, and here's the picture. As Jesus is riding on this donkey coming in, the crowd is laying down their coats. They're laying down palm palm branches for him to ride in on top of it's it's this picture of the of a red carpet entry it's a picture of 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 them saying our our king our our savior the one who's going to free us has come and everybody's excited everybody's rejoicing for what's taken place but for jesus this wasn't a week long entry into a week long of of being pampered and being praised for him he was entering to a week where he knew there would be some turmoil, where he knew there'd be some trouble, where he knew he would go to a cross, and then where he knew ultimately his mission would be fulfilled when he, when he rose from the grave. So, so here's what we've been doing. We've been anticipating this time as a church. For about two months now, we started saying Easter's coming. Easter's coming. It's a big deal. It's a big deal for us as Christians. Easter's coming. Like Dave just shared, for some reason, people 
will get up and go to church on Easter Sunday morning. They won't come today. They won't go to a good Friday service. But Easter Sunday, there's something that says, we're going to go to church as a family. And the kids all get all dressed up, and we all get all dressed up, and we come to church. And, and what happens is people come to church who don't know Jesus at all. They don't have a clue. They just know we go to church on Easter. It's what, what, it's what I've done as a kid. And I'm excited. I've been anticipating how God's going to use us as, as his church to introduce people to Jesus throughout this next week. I'm really excited of it. So here, here's what we've done. Today we've, we've, we've titled today, This Is My Mission. And that's what we're going to talk about. This was Jesus' mission. Next, on Friday night, we're going to talk about Je- the title, Je- Jesus Says, This Is My Sacrifice. And then Sunday morning when we come in, we're going to say, this is my victory. Jesus says, this is my victory. And here's, here's what I, I, I want you to do. I want you, if, if Branches is your home church, if you're a follower of Christ, if you're, if you're saying, I go to Branches, I want you to commit, if you're able to. I know a lot of stuff happens with family and stuff, but commit to participating with us through this next week. Commit to saying, I am going to help out in any way possible. I'm going to ask. I'm going to say whatever's needed. I'm going to help out so that somebody could come and hear about Jesus. You know, as a church, Everything we do is based around loving God, loving others, making disciples. When we do something, when we say we're going to do this, we say how is it going to fulfill that mantle that we, that we hang our hat on? How, how is it going to fulfill it? And so when we say, hey, can somebody help clean the church, we say it's so that people could enter into a church that's clean and feel comfortable. So every little thing we do means something to bring in somebody to Jesus. This week what's going to happen is tomorrow at 9 a.m., we're asking people to come to the church. We have six or seven already because we're gonna, we need to do some prep work because we're going to do a little bit of painting this week. We're going to change the, the, the stage a little bit. It's been, it's been up this way for about two years. We're going to make some adjustments. We're just going to kind of make this place a little more attractive for those that would walk into church next week. We're, gonna, we're just going to clean it up a little bit. And so we're saying if you could come tomorrow at 9 a.m., come tomorrow at 9 a.m. and help serve for a couple hours. If you could come during the week, if there's a time during the week that you could say, I can come and help with a project, let me know. We'll set you up. If you could come Friday and help set up for, for Good Friday, if you can come and help serve, maybe be an usher, let us know that. Sunday morning, here's what's going to happen. At about 9 o'clock, we're going to have a breakfast ready for everybody. It's just going to be a light continental breakfast. So orange juice, muffins, fruit, that sort of thing. Then there's going to be a photographer here. You might have seen this in, in, in some of the announcements. We have a, we're having a photographer come just to, just to bless everybody with a, a family portrait or if, you're, if you want an individual portrait. And we're going to have it set up. And you could come, bring your family, come with a friend, whatever, and get a portrait. And then we're going to have service, and that's the time we're going to really be asking God to move. We're going to be asking God to just touch the hearts of people that come in saying, I'm just here for Easter Sunday service, but for them to really be, be in, to encounter Jesus. When service is over, we always like to do this. We're going to have a huge Easter egg hunt for the kiddies. And so if the weather's great, we're going to do it out in the, in the grass behind here. If not, we'll do it next door. If you want to bring in a bunch of plastic eggs filled with candy, bring them in. We've already got a big old stack. So I just want to say, will you be involved over the next week? One, first of all, just start praying. Praying for those hearts that God's drawing. There's people that God is right now drawing to come to branches. Be praying that those hearts would respond, that those people would come and come and hear who Jesus is and who Jesus wants to be in their life. Would you be praying for that? Would you be praying for the community? Because there's a lot of great churches in this community, and we are all preparing for a great harvest. So would you be praying for the churches in this community 
that as, as the pastors prep their messages, as they prep for Sunday Easter services, that they would be getting excited and they would receive those that come, that they receive those well and that there would be open hearts for that. Would you be, would you be willing to serve so that next week, at the end of the week, we can look back and say, look at what God has done through this week in the lives of people because of the ministry of branches and because of his church here in Warsaw. Would you be committed to doing that? Yes, no, maybe so? Thanks. Let's pray about that, okay? So Jesus, we recognize that this is a, a big time. God, I recognize that, that this is the, the, the final week of why you came and put on skin, why you came and, 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 and joined us on, here on earth. God, I, I, my prayer is that you'd be just working on the hearts of people, adjusting schedules, adjusting situations so that those that don't know you will, will for some reason, feel like they need to come to church. And God, I, I pray for the churches in this community that, um, that you would be using them, using the ministries to, to really engage those that walk through the door. God, I pray for us here at Branches that we would be excited, we'd be ready to see what you're going to do through us. And God, when it's all said and done, this is for your glory. This is to, to grow your family, to see your kingdom come here. So God, may your kingdom come. In Jesus' name, amen. So this morning, this is my mission. And we just want to look at what, is, what was Jesus' mission. And I just want to pull out just a couple significant points, Okay. Just a couple significant points about the triumphal entry. The first and the main point was that Jesus was fulfilling his mission. Jesus was fulfilling his mission. A few weeks ago, Joe and I were watching this Netflix documentary called First Position. It's about ballet dancers. I was watching it. And these ballet dancers, like, were bleeding. Their feet were bleeding. Their toes were broken up. And they spent hours and hours every day in order to be able to earn spots with companies, with ballet companies, to earn jobs, to get scholarships for school, and to, and to get to earn money. And they documented most of these were teenagers trying to figure out how to be the best they could be as ballet dancers. And one particular family they documented had two kids. And these, they were from California, and the kids were 8 years old and 11 years old. And these kids, the 8-year-old little boy, he was kind of into it. He ended up quitting halfway through the show. But the 11-year-old girl, at one time she made this statement. She says, most kids my age don't have a clue what they're going to be when they grow up. Now, how many of you had a clue what you were going to be when you were 11 years old? Not one of us, right? And she said, most kids my age don't have a clue what they're going to be when they grow up, but I'm going to be a ballet dancer for the rest of my life. And that statement, I thought, wow, did she come to those terms on her own? Did somebody push that on her? Did, was, was her life set out before her where she just decided, I'm going to be a ballet dancer for the rest of my life at 11 years old? And I thought, that's pretty early to make up a decision for your entire life. Many of us have heard about the, the Chinese kids that, they, that are recruited for to international competition in the Olympics. In China, kids are, are at as young as four and five years old, are tested. And they're tested based on their projection of what their family genetics are. They're tested on how tall they're going to be, how, how flexible they're going to be, their bone structure and all this. And, they're de- and it's determined whether or not they might be professional athletes. And the kids that say, yes, they're going to potentially be that, they enter into these training camps as young as four and five years old, and they spend eight hours a day, and their entire life is set out for them that what they're going to do is they're going to be going towards being Olympic champions. Gold only, nothing else matters. You have to win gold, and their whole life is set up before that. Do we have a picture of that? 
that shows that? Yeah. These little kids, and, and there's reports of how, how abusive that might be or how grueling that might be or, or, or that the kids don't have a choice. They don't get to talk to their parents that if a, if, if a family member dies, they may hide that from the kids not so the kid will not be distracted of meeting the goal, of meeting the mission to be a world-class Olympic champion. And for Jesus, when Jesus, when Jesus was, was going to come to earth, and fulfill this mission. Here's, here's what, he wasn't four years old when it was determined for him. He wasn't 11 years old when, he, when this was determined for him. It was, it was fulfilled hundreds of years prior to him coming to earth. Hundreds of years prior was fulfilled that this baby would be born, he would walk on this earth, and ultimately he would die for the sins of man. His mission was to do the will of the Father. His mission was to bleed out the perfect payment for our sins. That's what Jesus' mission was. In Hebrews 10, it says this. This is why when Christ came into the world, he said to God, you did not want animal sacrifices or sin offering, but you have given me a body to offer. You were not pleased with burnt offerings or, or other offerings for sin. Then he said, look, I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written about me in the scripture. Jesus' mission was to come and save humanity. And, and stand in the place for us for, a, for sins that we can't pay, to pay that debt. You know, a lot of times I think that we think Jesus' mission was to come and, and heal people, because he did. I think Jesus' mission was to come and bring, bring moral structure to a chaotic world. But ultimately, his mission was to, to die, to come and die. And that's why we, we look at Palm Sunday and we say, the kickoff of a week of the fulfillment of Jesus' mission. Matthew 20, 28, Jesus says, The Son of Man came not to serve, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. His mission was to give his life as a ransom, the ransom for the slavery of sin that we have in our lives. Jesus' mission was to stand in the place and to make the payment for our sins, a debt which we couldn't pay, freeing us from the bondage and restoring our separation with the Father. As Jesus rode in on a donkey, there was this fulfillment of prophecy but he was entering into the last week of his mission that he came to do. Jesus was fulfilling his mission when he rode in on that donkey on Palm Sunday. But the problem is the crowd missed the point. The crowd missed it completely. Do you Think about this. If you, if you lived in a society where your faith was everything about you, everything that, that made up who you were was your faith. This is what was happening in the time when Jesus rode in on the donkey. Your government recognized your faith, but they didn't, they didn't consider your faith to be anything to, to protect. They didn't consider that your faith was something that when they made decisions that they considered, how is this going to affect these people of their faith? They just made decisions. You were overtaxed. There was corruption in the, in the ranks of the government. There's a constant threat of battles and war. Foreign entities threatened your way of living. As you endeavored to stay true to your belief... There are other religions, religions and beliefs inserting their ideas on you. There's false gods, there's witchcraft, there's astrology, there's philosophy, there's higher education brewing, all telling you something different about the faith that you know, competing for you for your faith. At times you think your faith and your belief system is on the edge of being destroyed. Can you imagine this? Can you imagine living in a time like that? Because I can, because sometimes I feel like that's the time that we live in. Sometimes I feel like, wow, as Christians are... Are, are we going to be told we can't worship on Sunday morning? But it was greater and it was more real for the people who were standing on the street that day. Th- their political, social, 
and religious environment was all in threat as they shouted, rejoicing that the Messiah was riding in on a donkey. They were excited. Think about the excitement that was happening as they're throwing their coats down, as they're, as they're laying palm tr- branches down. And what they were excited about was their king, their Messiah, was coming to free them from the bondage and the grip that society had on them. And they were missing the point. Jesus did not come to free them so that they could have a comfy life while they lived on earth. He didn't come to free them and, and, to, and to strike down the authorities that were above, that were lording over them. The point was Jesus came to free them spiritually, and they missed it. And I think this is why many of those people on that day were shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, as he rode in on the donkey, were the same people you'll find on Friday screaming, crucify him, crucify him, because they, they missed it completely. Do you ever look at people in the Bible and you say, how did you miss Jesus so easily? Because sometimes when we look at stuff hindsight, it's like, these people were fools. These people missed it completely. If they just knew, they could understand what, who Jesus was, life would have been better for them. But we, we do the same thing. But Jesus came to free them spiritually, and they wanted somebody to free them politically. And so they were willing to trade the hosannas for the crucifies on Sunday morning. Here's the catch. Every single person that was, was there on Sunday and that was standing there Friday screaming to crucify, every single one of them died. They all died. I would, I would think that at best um, they lived another 100 years. Maybe somebody lived 100 years after that day. They all died, and guess what happened? Eternity happens. They came to a place where now they're in eternity. I wonder today if they'd be singing Crucify Him based on what they thought last on that Sunday or that, or that Friday. I wonder if they would be singing a different tune because they would recognize now who Jesus came and what mission he came to to fulfill. And so, so Jesus came in to fulfill the mission of dying for us. This next week, Passion Week, some would call it, you can, you can read through the Bible. Starting, starting now, just a bunch of stuff happened with Jesus. And we're going to talk about that more on, on Friday, about just the life of what Jesus did from, from Sunday to Friday. And then we're going to rejoice on Saturday with, with his victory. But here's, here's the question I want to ask us. First, I want to ask us, have we missed the point? Have we missed the point? We, we just recently went through an election that was probably the most epic election that we have known in our society. How many of us were praying that Jesus would, would fulfill and protect us from such and such a candidate or such and such a candidate? That's not bad, right? But did we miss the point that Jesus didn't come to free us politically? Right now, there's, there's turmoil going over in Syria. I, I've, read, I've read through news. It depends on what news you read, but some news say this is awesome. Some news say, what the heck's going on? How many of us want Jesus to come and free us from this turmoil that's happening? Or have we seen Jesus say and say, no, he's, he's our spiritual. He's our spiritual king. He's our spiritual freedom. Have we missed that point? Have we embraced our mission or the mission that Jesus came to fulfill us? Have we grabbed hold of that and said, okay, this is the world we live in, but Jesus came and freed us spiritually? Have you, have you said yes to Jesus in that? And have you embraced your, miss, your mission? Jesus gave God, a, or God gave Jesus a mission. He says this in, in John 17. In the same way that you have given me a mission in the world, I give them a mission. So Jesus gave us a mission. When you said yes to Jesus, when you came to a point in your life and said, yes, I need this Jesus to free me spiritually, and you said yes, do you know you got a mission? 
You know that you entered into a family and your mission that Jesus gave you was to go and grow God's family. And that's what I'm excited about. That's what I think we need to be looking forward to for this week is that we have this mission. We have a mission to tell people about Jesus, to show people about his kingdom, to encourage people into the family of God. Have we embraced that mission? Did you say yes to that? Here's what Jesus prayed right before he was arrested and went to the cross. He said, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. I I look at this and I think, Jesus, this is maybe the humanity of Jesus, that he recognized what he was going to face on the cross. He knew it wasn't going to be pretty. He knew the next couple days were going to be horrible for him. And so the humanity of him was saying, God, if, Father, there's any other way that you can, you can make this happen without me having to go up on that cross, just let's, let's, let's switch gears. Let's call an audible here. But he says, but I want your will to be done, not mine. So whatever it takes, God, do it. And, and my question to, to us is, do we say when life stinks, when stuff going around us, God, you have a mission for our life. So it, it doesn't matter what our will is. I want your, your will to be done in my life. Do we say that? That's it for this morning, guys. Jesus had a mission. His mission starts today. Everything building up to what he did, culmination is for this week, that he came in to save us spiritually. So would you stand with me? And and we just want to pray. Next week is all about somebody who doesn't know Jesus. For us as a church, it's 100% about that. Everything we're going to be focused on from today until next Sunday when we finish is, is the person that needs to say yes to Jesus. I, just, I, I know that God's going to bring some people our way. I know that, that some people need to come to a place of just salvation. And so would you be praying with us that through the week, God will just be, be preparing people? Would you do that? Would you plan to come early and have breakfast, get some pictures, but plan to come excited for, the, for maybe the one person that comes and says yes to Jesus? And, and we're going to rejoice when that takes place. I'm, I'm excited to see how God does that and how God moves. So would you just commit with me in prayer? As we wrap up, here's what we're going to do. We want to open up a time for, to get prayed for if you need prayer for something. You know what? I would bet that in here most of us have had something take place in the, in the world and in our lives this week where God needs to intervene. And, and I think sometimes we, we get nervous to walk up or we get nervous to get prayed for or, or we think we can handle it on our own. And I just want to say that it's not working. It's not working when we try and do it on our own because I know it. And everybody I talk to that tries to do, do it on their own says it doesn't work. So, so as a church, we just provide this safe space for you to come up and get prayed for. And there's people up here that, that want to pray with you. They know how to pray with you. They, they're prayers themselves. They, they hear from God. They're not going to counsel you. They're just going to pray with you and, and let God speak to you. So, so during this, this last song, if, if you're a person that needs prayer, you could come up. When the song ends, you're free to come up. And, and then the rest of us will go out when the song ends and we'll be dismissed, okay? So pray with me. So Jesus, God, we recognize that you came to fulfill your mission. God, I, I don't want to be a person that is, is so concerned with you freeing me from, from the, the oppression that I might feel here in my physical body in this world. 
I would not want to miss that. I would not want to miss that, that you freed me from some, some turmoil or struggle I have today, and I've missed the point of you freeing me for eternity. So, God, I recognize your mission. I recognize that you, you did the job you came to do. God you, God, you came to save your creation. The impact of that is real. The impact of that is huge. The fulfillment of that is huge, God. And we recognize that. And, God, we want to be people that fulfill our mission. We want to be people that, that are being used by you because you saved us. So, God, would you, would you just be opening people's hearts right now, God? In, in whatever ways that we need to shed selfishness or sh- shed pride or, or, or just sh- shed nervousness, would you be just ripping that away so that we can be free to love you and love others? God, as a church, would you bring people our way through this next week to where, to where they, um, they would just have open hearts that, to receive you? God, we want to build your family. We want to see people say yes to you and live in freedom, spiritual freedom that you offer. So do that. God, for those that are in here that need prayer, Lord, I I know there's people in here that that just need to be freed from from the junk of the world. God, I know there's people in here that need to, to hear from you. They need to know that you're real. God, would you give them boldness to, to walk forward instead of walking backwards? Would you give them the boldness to, to say, yes, I, I need somebody to join me in, in whatever I'm dealing with? And, and would you have them to walk forward? God, the people that are praying up here, would you give them the words, the comforting words that, that, that the rest of us need as they pray for us? And God, we praise you and we do this for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen.